0: Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports, as well as anything and everything in between, worth some action, and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go.
1: Well, welcome to the Side Action, episode eight of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, aka Wegs. You can follow me at Weggspool Pool on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And my name is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31sroberts.
1: Follow the podcast at Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, how was your weekend? Uh, we did a little better in the contest. Did you have a nice weekend as well?
0: Yeah, it was a great weekend. We went down to Bloomington, Indiana to for a friend's, family friend's wedding and then went to the first half of the Michigan State-Indiana game. It was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. We had a great time. Missed the entirety of the Purdue beat down of Iowa which was unfortunate but we were following along on our phones so that was fun yeah yeah how about you did you have a nice weekend
1: mega weekend I played volleyball a ton we also had this volleyball folks softball game which was the inaugural it was pretty exciting cool as you know Mr. Weglar's here coach Wegg's was in full effect talking some <sighs> snack Maybe got into it with some other players on our team, on the other team. I got my troops fired up, but um, had a good time. Our loyal listener, Luke, who's also a V-ball player, not a great softball player, tried to throw a left-handed from third once because he was videotaping a girl who was smoking a cigarette while she was at bat. That's definitely <laughs> pretty awesome. Um, but we had a great time, and um, I think I logged eight hours of volleyball in over four days, but it was straight eight, meaning I barely wow. took breaks, so... I was pretty sore come Monday, a little tired, uh, and now I'm, I'm filming from the uh, Printers Row studio today. So Nice. yeah.
0: You just gave me a little tour of the office. It looks nice.
1: It's nice. Beautiful view. You know, it's kind of the sleepy part of the loop. I did warn my coworkers not to pop in, but maybe we'll get a guest appearance here in a second.
0: <laughs> cool. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, let's jump into it. A uh, little recap of week six. Uh, again, we've got a little bit more balance. Underdogs... Did I do this right? Maybe I flipped it. Uh, Underdogs actually—did I flip it? I think so. Yeah. Was was it six and eight? They were six and eight. Underdogs were six and eight this week, so the the favorites are coming back big time. Road dogs did okay at two and one. Um, Underdogs—I'm sorry—the unders hit uh, six—you know, six and eight this week, or you got seven, five, and two. I guess it depends on which numbers they were, but. Mm It's kind of balancing out there, but still the road teams are dominating ATS. And a lot of those you know favorites that hit last week were road favorites, uh, and nine and four on the week ATS. So I don't know. What, what can you say about that, Ashton?
0: Yeah, biggest takeaway for me is just the road teams. Again, it, we talk about it. I think we're out of breath talking about it, how home field advantage is like dwindling. No. week after week. And that, I think there's only really a couple of fields left that you could say are more than one point. Like Minnesota comes to mind, Kansas City at Arrowhead probably. But beyond that, I think there are very few home fields that matter much anymore.
1: Right. You know, my favorite discussion topic, and I know it's, we'll see if it keeps playing out, but if you were able to just pick the side, pick the correct side, you're going to come out 12-2 and two this week. Because <laughs> the, there are only two teams that, that won and didn't cover their spread. <laughs> Other than that, it was outright winners for the offsets or favorites covered. So, you know, it's 18 and 18 percent, 18.09 percent of the season that the spread actually comes into play for the favorites. So it's just something I've been looking at more to evaluate my my picks.
0: Yeah, can't go wrong there.
1: Well, let's talk about the highs in Jacksonville. And uh, I don't know if I can share my screen, but uh, I did get a a photo from a, a loyal listener paul dempsey who sent a photo i might have to pull it up on my phone here see if i have you seen this picture no
0: Uh, i see your note here though
1: (laughs) so i get this picture from dempsey who was with us in um you know he was with us in vegas he's going out there again so you be the judge america let me see if i get a better picture of this this is our guy here can you see this action i can't really see if i can get a good yeah
0: come closer oh helmet you went to help that's Trevor lawrence (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I my bad. But, uh, the kicker for the, the for the Jags apparently looks just like Action. This is a young Action right here? The kicker, can you see him?
0: Yeah, a little bit. No beard though. No beard. No beard he needs right. to grow it
1: out. This is the 24-year-old kicker of uh, Action. So, anyway, he hits the big 53-yarder to win. I had two 50-yarders in that game. Yeah, back to back. And they, as we talked about before, and this is one of our picks. They're the London Jaguars. They they always win over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely an angle that I'm going to be looking for. I think they probably have another game in London yet this season. Mm-hmm. Don't know the schedule exactly, but they definitely have taken that place as their new home. They seem to perform better there than in actually Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, Shag Khan has been toying with the idea. I don't know why he just doesn't do it and then make every mm-hmm. there eight times a year and they can win six games a year minimum, you know. Um Another high was the Ravens. You've know, you been high on the Ravens for the Super Bowl. Uh, They came to play as we kind of flipped. Last week I was talking Chargers, but Ashton talked me into going Ravens this week in our contest, and it worked out great. They ran for 187 yards, which is all over the Chargers, and they just crushed them 34 to 6. This isn't on the, the notes, but... One of the things that you talked about last week, our guy Staley, Coach Staley, he went for it at fourth down at his own 19 early in the game, which kind of backfired, didn't actually?
0: Yeah, and uh, one out of four for the whole game and fourth downs, that's 25%, for those of you who are counting, and add in their third down efficiency, too, which was three out of 12, just not a good day on the crucial third and fourth downs for Herbert and company.
1: Right. Maybe that letdown spot going across to the East Coast, which is kind of what sold me ultimately. But the Ravens are good. We'll see. If they're going to play the Bengals. We'll talk about that later. The Cardinals. Boy, we were down on the Cardinals. We we thought that with the injuries and obviously Cliff Kingsbury missed the game with COVID, you know, he had COVID. That's the coach. It didn't matter. They converted eight of fifteen on third down to kill the Browns. 37 to 14. Baker Mayfield goes down with an injury in this one. But apparently they were even more free spirited with that offense with uh Kingsbury not on the next sideline. Yeah
0: I think I saw Vance Joseph took over the head coaching duties for Kingsbury and he obviously has some experience in the league so um, they came to play that was certainly the most surprising performance to me of the entire weekend outcome. I think late though after we made our picks the Browns both starting tackles got ruled out so that was certainly a major impact as well and add in Baker's re-aggravated injury and the Browns offense just looks terrible. Now they've lost Kareem Hunt right, he, as well and you yeah. got to wonder where the points going to be coming from from this team.
1: All right, they got the new guy coming in too for that. So, we'll see. They're going to have to play tonight. Uh we're not going to talk about it too much because it's not we're going to pick in the contest, but we can get some insight for tonight. The last is Derrick Henry. This dude is destroying in action. He had 143 yards and 3 tutties, including a big 76-yarder or whatever. You know that he leads the NFL in rushing by 260 yards, and he's got two times as many rushing TDs so far as anybody else. I guess our boy Schwa, who picked him number one in the draft in fantasy, had the right idea, didn't he?
0: Yeah, that was uh, certainly a good pick. He came back to beat me in a fantasy matchup on Monday night by, like, two points. So I'm sure he crushed a lot of uh, hearts in fantasy and really for the Tennessee uh, offense. Coming back and winning that game against Buffalo was a, a big win for them and kept their division lead alive. Although, I mean, I'm sure we don't need to talk about it. Everyone who listens to us surely knows that Buffalo still should have won that game with McDermott's calling fourth down late. Uh, if Allen gets that, probably eight times out of ten, and then they go on to score the touchdown and they win that game. Um, but Tennessee was going to cover either way
1: for sure. They yeah, we're going to cover. It was a really interesting play. You know, They tried to run the sneak and he slipped. And then what was weird about that, down the stretch, Grable wasn't calling the timeouts. It was like, this was it. They were going to win or lose. And he kind of came up lucky that they won the game. But, you know, that season probably will turn on that game. That's a big game in the AFC, you know, for tiebreakers and stuff. In the lows, it's Washington's defense, dude. You know, we actually were on the right side here. We picked the Chiefs in this one in our contest. But they looked okay in the first half. I mean, the Chiefs have been bad in the first half. And then they've kind of come back, I guess. But, now they were down 13 to 10, meaning the chiefs and Washington's defense looked okay, but then 21 unanswered answered points, they gave up 500 yards, 499 yard total yards in this game. So this defense is, it's gotta be, if it's not the worst, it's, it's really close and it's just shocking with those, uh, defensive line that they usually have.
0: Yeah, definitely a bad performance. And that's despite getting two Patrick Mahomes, INTs mm-hmm. as well. So, um, even with those turnovers, Washington's final score there, losing 31-13 to to the Chiefs, looks even worse. And That's on the other cool. side, you kind of have to question Patrick Mahomes, especially the play near the end of the half where he just right. dropped the snap and then seemed to be flustered and just kind of flipped it up in the air. I mean, this it seems like he's trying to win the game on every possession, probably mm-hmm. to overcome his poorest defense, I would imagine. But uh, the Chiefs really need to kind of settle down on offense, and I think
1: they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I think they'll settle out. It's kind of like when last year when he was doing a little too much in the Super Bowl when he's trying to make those crazy plays and almost made them, but mm-hmm. get it done. All right, so this is the Steelers. We we stayed away from this one successfully. Uh, the Steelers failed to cover as home as favorites again. Mm-hmm. They won twenty three to twenty with mighty Geno Smith at the helm. It was a weird game. I mean, it kind of went back and forth. And the Seahawks probably could have won this game if they played it right. But so the Steelers did get the win, but. We kind of, when you were on this in terms of Tomlin as a home favorite.
0: Yeah. Mike Tomlin, a uh, big number. I think it closed actually under six, yeah. five and a half maybe. Mm-hmm. So you saw a little money come in on the Seahawks at the end there, but they looked like they were cruising in the first half. Geno Smith and company couldn't even move the ball. And I think it was 14 0 at halftime, but mm-hmm. the second half was totally flipped. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks actually came out and started running Alex Collins a little bit, and he got going. And I think you really have to question the Steelers' defensive performance late in that game as well, which allowed the Seahawks to get in the back door. Right.
1: The last note I had was the Patriots. You know, the Patriots, obviously, I know you love their defense and all, but they've only won two games this year against the Jets and Texans. These are bad teams. They get to play the Jets this week again. They're 0-4 at Foxborough. Now, they played some tough opponents, and they probably should have won, maybe even on Sunday. They do fall in overtime, and then, of course, the Cowboys get the miraculous cover, but... This team, that they don't have a home field advantage either. I mean, Foxborough used to be yeah. something, especially with Brady.
0: Yeah, definitely. And now just two and four against the spread on the season as well. Uh, they probably should have covered this one, though, and really probably could have won the game. Yeah. But I will admit, though, they had some pretty lucky turnover variants, too. That Dak Prescott fumble at the goal line especially comes to mind. If right. it wasn't for that, then the Patriots probably would have been further behind. So um can't question the cover there by the Cowboys, but now that's what five in a row, six six and zero for the Cowboys. On they covered,
1: undiminished on the spread this this year so far. Now the the, the you know the Cowboys also gave up that huge eighty yard touchdown pass where mm-hmm. guy was going for the you know the interception and missed it. It was like ridiculous, but I don't know. We'll
0: yeah, see. Mac Jones pick six. That was a fair trade off, I think. Right before that, back to back plays.
1: Crazy that was wild, crazy game. Well nice uh segue there in action. Dak Prescott actually on the last play of the game had a calf strain. He's definitely out, you know he's you know, this week they're on bye, right? Yeah. So out this week. He's heal up, but he's questionable for week eight. So, you know, we saw last year when he went out that offense cratered and that whole season was lost. So hopefully he'll yeah. back you he mentioned uh, Baker Mayfield his shoulder, you know, he's obviously I already dislocated it and it was not the first time. So mm-hmm. we'll see. They've got Case Keenum tonight. Kareem Hunt is also out tonight, as you mentioned, and Nick Chubb was already out, so they're down to the third stringer. And then I saw Taylor Lamon go down. I didn't see the the final issue there, but it looked like kind of a scary injury. They still were able to when he went out left the game. Court, still run the ball, but he is an elite, you know, run, running running uh, offensive tackle on the right side. Yeah,
0: they lost They lost their starting center, too, mm-hmm. I read this morning. I think he's a rookie. Don't recall the name, but uh, their center is now out for the season, so it could be potentially without two starting
1: offensive linemen right. on Sunday against the Chiefs. So here you go. You're, this is this is happening real-time, America. He's typing in some notes. we got T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. I'm waiting on the edge of my seat. Are they out this week? <laughs> I think I,
0: Paris Campbell has not practiced, and I was reading that his – chin or ankle is not looking good Mm. uh, despite a great performance over the weekend and then of course the man made of glass ty hilton comes back for like a half of football and he's injured again so so he gone
1: so i should drop him is he already on the I. R. again i picked him up prospectively and now he's going to be dropped again whatever
0: no uh dmp yesterday and then i just saw the headline that he did not practice again today with a quad injury right that guy has Uh. some
1: rough soft tissue yeah, he's he's quick and small, but as you get older, you know what happens? Those issues uh they pile up mm. and you gotta stretch. Uh, <laughs> let's go over the power ratings. First, the Weggs Index. This is probably really indicative of who's playing well. You got the Bulls, the Bills, the Bills at number one. Uh, still, even though they got the loss at four and two, but they you know, they're playing at a really high level on both sides of the ball. The Cardinals at two, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. You got the Bucks here and the Cowboys. Ironically, the two teams have played the first week, the, and it's so their only loss for the Cowboys. So they're right there, three and four. I got the Rams at five, and then your Ravens at six. This pretty much mimics what you've got, just in a different order.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great job. The Weggs Index is aligning with DVOA. I don't know. You guys are on the same wavelength there. So the uh, Bills first, Cardinals at two, followed by Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, and Ravens you have the exact same six teams just slightly different order so uh, it seems like the weggs index is is uh really aligning with the stars yeah i
1: think the biggest difference maybe turnovers you know cowboys have turnovers so maybe that's the difference when they flip when they jump i guess in this case i guess they're jumping the rams and cowboys are kind of inverted a little bit with the box of yeah. three so they're all good teams but we'll see i mean you know a lot of people will see some other teams that have been on the cusp like the chargers and We'll see if the Chiefs will put it together. Well, let's jump into the lines this week. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about tonight's game. Denver's going to Cleveland. Teddy Two Gloves has not covered in two straight weeks. I don't know if you're alarmed, but he is not getting it done. Action. I know you've been betting on him a lot.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, I know he was a dog in Pittsburgh, so that's his usual spot. But last week we didn't talk about. Him. Broncos probably could have been in the ugly category too that performance against the Raiders on Sunday was terrible Mm -hmm. and uh, they were favorites but I did read that Teddy was a little bit knocked up I I think he's going to play tonight but I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets knocked out of the game and we see a little bit of Drew Locke and on the other side you mentioned Case Keenum is starting for the Browns and I just am supremely curious to see what happens tonight i'm staying away personally i had a little nibble on the over because i think both of these defenses are overrated the last couple of weeks and i think that 40 points is a supremely low total
1: yeah so i didn't say that but it opened at six minus six for the uh cleveland at home 44 point total it's down to just a 41 40 point total and in the contest it's one and a half for the browns and uh two it's you know it's kind of consensus so it's a stay-away spot for me. Originally, I kind of like Cleveland here just because I think it's not that big of a downgrade with um, Keenum. But, you know, the de- defense hasn't played well, and there's just too many injuries out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think Nick Chubb is coming back tonight, and Hunt is obviously out. So it's De-Unner- De'Ernest Johnson lining up in yeah. tailback for the Browns.
1: A hot waiver wire pickup for your fantasy squads. Well, let's go to the other AFC uh, AFC North matchup here. you get got Cincinnati and Baltimore. This is a big matchup here. <laughs> You've got uh, Baltimore Open 0s a 6.5-point favorite at home, 48-point total. In the contest, it's still 6.5, and, and it's a 47-point total. Kind of interesting action. I, you know, it, Baltimore's your squad. I love them. They've, they've been really good, actually, of late. The last two weeks, they've played really well. The Cincinnati did what they did. We stayed away from in the contest, but they dominated the Lions as I thought they might. And they've been playing in close games, every game within three points. I think I like the Bengals here with the 6.5. Six um I look at defense and, you know, the offensive line is not great. And we'll see if they can stop the run. But on paper, this should be more like a three and a half point spread for me. I don't know what your thoughts are.
0: Yeah, I, I think that uh, Cincinnati, I don't think, I, I know that Cincinnati has the better defense in this game. After all the mm-hmm. money that the Bengals spent in the offseason, their defense is really playing well and getting better every week. They're fifth ranked now in DVOA and fourth ranked against the run. So those are two numbers that really jump out at me especially going against this Baltimore Ravens rushing attack I think they'll be Mm -hmm. able to stop them and on the flip side you look at uh, Baltimore's defense and they're they're not faring as well as you would expect that they would I I lost them here they're uh 14th ranked and uh just Mm -hmm. 15th against the pass so I think that Joe Burrow and his receiving core had a great week last week against the Lions not hard to do but I think that uh, there's some value here with the Bengals in this underdog divisional matchup.
1: Look at this guy. Are we are we putting this on a green already?
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, it is hard for me to go against the Ravens with the way they've been playing, Lamar especially, but I think that this is a big number for a divisional game and a Bengals team that's, I mean, you've seen money come in on Cincinnati every week, too, so it's clear that the market likes this team.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. The defense is better than expected. I didn't think they were going to be as good as they are, and They've been fighting in every game, and obviously at some point the connection to uh, Jamar Chase is going to slow down, but he's making big plays every week, which, you know, is a comfort zone for Burrow, and obviously they had got a big rushing game last week, so mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, the next game is Carolina going to the Giants. Kind of an interesting matchup here. Carolina opened as a three-point favorite on the road, 45-point total. It's really just stayed there. It's 43-point total, three points uh, favored for the Panthers, it's hard for me to, you know, last week we did lose on the Panthers. They probably got a bad beat. They are probably the right side. They went to overtime and really fought their you know, guts out there. But I'll tell you the difference now. I was going to say Panthers all the way here, but Darno kind of regressing, man. Dude is turning over like crazy. And first, first play of the game last week. I mean, you can't do that, especially at home. But the Giants, I don't know, they're not good, but they got a decent defense, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do. This, I think we mentioned it last week that the Carolina Panthers line didn't make any sense to us. And ultimately, right. after some back and forth, we added them to our card, which turned out to be a loser. I would say, though, mm-hmm. that I think Minnesota really dominated in that game mm-hmm. last week. They had 6.8 yards per play and versus the Carolina Panthers, who were under 5 yards per play, 571 mm-hmm. to 306. And I think that the Carolina defense was just buoyed by their really terrible opponents early in the season. And you touched on it. Darnold has really been terrible the last three games, which coincided with the loss of McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's going to be out a few more weeks. So I actually like the Giants in this game, plus three. I think that you're Mm -hmm. getting some value with the home team. This is another team where you saw a lot of money come in on the Giants last week. The line moved from 10 down to 7.5 by kickoff against the Rams, which obviously didn't pan out. (laughs) But I think that uh, Daniel Jones probably was still ailing from his concussion symptoms. And I I believe that was part of the reason that the Rams were able to dominate so much. And I think that the Giants are going to be able to fare well this week. He did, I did hear reports that Matt Rule came out and said he wants to run the ball a lot more, presumably because Darnold has been sucking. And uh, yeah. I think that plays right into the hands of what the Giants want to do on defense. They have a pretty good run-stopping unit.
1: Right. Okay. Well, let's put it as a yellow. Okay. It's tough for me to back the Giants, but <laughs> you know, home dog is is tough not to, to back, especially Carolina's just been kind of cratering since they played it easy schedule the giants would be in that easy category but True. i don't class above or not the next game is you know a big game i'm surprised some of these games they didn't flex out actually action but washington obviously has been sucking plays green bay green bay is a seven and a half point favorite on the opener 50 point total but in the contest they're up to eight consensus shows nine or eight and a half with a 49 point total so Circa's kind of taking a stand here a little bit against the market, thinking people are going to bet Washington. When I first saw it, I don't like eight. (laughs) I liked seven and a half or seven um, for the pack. I think the pack are really good at home. You didn't mention them as one of those home favorites, but they're usually much better at home, even though they covered last week. And um, I mean, is it just picking? You think Washington's going to all of a sudden play their best game of the year? Is that what's going to happen here?
0: I mean, I don't know. There, there's money coming in on Washington. It's down to seven and a half at a lot of books right now, and I can't really understand it. I, I saw a rumor or heard a rumor that Fitzpatrick may be able to play this weekend, but I just don't Fair believe enough. it. I, I think it's way too late in the week to make that move, and uh, I think it's probably just smoke. And on top right. of that, they're dealing with injuries to Terry McLaurin, who did practice today in a light fashion. Curtis Samuel hasn't practiced all week and I was reading into a little bit of Antonio Gibson's shin injury that he's been battling and it appears that it's getting worse. He only had 12 touches last week against that Kansas city defense, which is was shocking to me when I went back to the box score. And, um, I think you're going to see a lot of McKissick this week, but all of this doesn't really line up to taking advantage of this Packers defense, which has not been good. Admittedly, certainly stopping the run. And, um, I'll just end my diatribe by saying that I think I like the Packers in this game go against the line move a little bit. It's definitely a flat spot for the Packers, though, coming off that big divisional win in Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, it's tough. Like, I, I have this number of 10 at home. You know, it, it's it's value to me. You know, I, again, I don't know what the market is seeing except that, I mean, Fitzmagic's not a huge upgrade over Heineke to me. Mm-hmm. It's the defense. I mean, the defense is not performing. If they all of a sudden – maybe I didn't get to watch the game. Maybe they played great in the first half. Maybe they're just a game away from putting it all together and, ha- and playing two good halves of football because they haven't it this year. So maybe this is what people are seeing. I'm not sure. But um, I'd be willing to put Green Bay yellow because the problem is there's so many big spreads this week, it's hard for me to mm-hmm. come on board either way because some of these teams are really bad. So let's, let's yellow up the –
0: the, the other thing I'll mention, outside of last week, the line has really been moving against the Packers, and it mm-hmm. makes me wonder if the market doesn't like them for a certain reason. I suspect maybe it's the run defense, but mm-hmm. uh, it does give me a little bit of pause seeing that the betters obviously are are going against the Packers, except for last week, obviously with the Chicago game.
1: Well, you mentioned it numbers-wise, they're not great. I mean, they're they're a cut below the teams we just talked about in the kind of the top. I'd say they're kind of in that, you know, maybe, I don't know, second, third or second quarter of, of, the, of the league instead of the top quarter. I mean, you know, they, your defense, like you said, hasn't been as good. And the offense is pretty dependent on, you know, one guy and Adams. they got to yeah. run the ball better. You, heard, you haven't heard Jones go off in a while, but he could this week. I mean, we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Washington does have pretty good numbers against the run, 12th ranked, but their pass defense is near the bottom. As, as is the mm-hmm. overall defense.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, they stink. Okay, let's go to the next game. This is the game I thought they'd flex for sure. Kansas City playing Tennessee. This is a huge game, you know, two playoff-bound teams likely. You've got Kansas City opening as a three-point favorite on the road, 56-and-a-half-point total. Kind of strange that it's moved up to four-and-a-half in the contest, five kind of across the board, up to five-and-a-half some places, and a 57-point total after the big win do you think that this is because of those injuries you talked about to the Titans' um, line?
0: Yeah, and I I think it's just uh, a move against the Titans because of their porous defense. I mean, you're looking at two defenses here that are pretty much on par. KC's now 31 and Tennessee's 28. Right. But when you go to the other side of the ball, you have a vast difference in these offenses, despite Derrick Henry's ability. The, the Tennessee offense has not lived up to its expectations this year especially the pass catchers and Ryan Tannehill and I think that uh, the edge I would give the edge to Mahomes and the Chiefs in this matchup and I personally am have already laid the Chiefs mm-hmm. here and I think that I would side with them in the contest
1: it's weird because I'm on the opposite side um, metrically because uh, these teams are even in my book uh, very even they're close and yet you're getting four and a half at home I mean, you could get the short week letdown spot after the big win. I can see on that one. So maybe you could talk me to the Chiefs on Sunday. Right now, I'm not on board with the action.
0: Okay. The Chiefs defense performed better than anticipated last week against Washington, too. That was one thing that I had in my notes. Well, they,
1: they And they have to, right? I mean, that's where mm-hmm. – obviously, I thought Heineke was going to be better in the second half. They got shut out. So that's that's big. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll just, we'll just leave it off for now. Maybe you will talk okay. later because, again, as we go further on – I'm not liking a lot of these games, to be honest with you. <laughs> so we've got Atlanta at Miami. This is a. Let me send this one back to. Um, send both teams back to, to London. Uh, got, <laughs> you don't want to flex this <laughs> one. <laughs> flex this to London at eight. Um, you've got Miami as a three-point favorite at home, as the opener, 48-point total, but it's flipped all the way to the Falcons two and a half on the road, 48-point total at Tua. I mean, they, obviously they lost, you know, lost the big game uh, to the Jags, but he came out decent. You said I heard he was passing. You were saying he was very inaccurate when we talked after that game. Yeah, but, um, I was. Go
0: ahead. I was on the road and listening to the Jaguars broadcast, so I think there was a little bit of homerism there. But they kept <laughs> saying left and right, whoa, another bad pass by Tua.
1: <laughs> I just. It's hard for me to lay the points with the Falcons on the road. I I don't see that. Um, I kind of more see Miami at home on this one. I'm not saying it's a contest pick, but I think metrically these teams are a little closer than it shows. This would be – I know there's not a home field advantage, but Mm -hmm. if you do the normally two points that I usually do, this should only be, I don't know, I think Atlanta should be maybe maybe one point favorite or a pick. I mean – them getting two points, two and a half points on, at home. I, I'm also. This is kind of strange. We don't see this often. Miami's coming back from London and doesn't get a buy. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, it's a scheduling spot, so maybe that's the theory here with the with the line.
0: Oh yeah, that's without a doubt that is built into this line. I think that um, this was a gift. I actually wasn't aware of it until the other day that they chose. Apparently, they chose not to take the bye this week mm. and requested one later in the season. And mm-hmm. I think that is a huge factor in this game. Um, granted, it is not much of a not as big of a flight as if they were going back to play on the West Coast, back to the Eastern time zone. But um, I think that, and on the other side, you have a double advantage because Atlanta is mm-hmm. coming off of a bye in their own right, and mm-hmm. so they're getting back and healthy. And I think that this is I think this is a spot for the Falcons. I do. Okay. We saw Kyle Pitts get some more run out in the game in London. And surely I know that uh, Ridley and Gage are supposed to be back this week too. And uh, this Miami team has just performed extremely below expectation.
1: Yeah, I know. They've been a big disappointment for me. Okay. Maybe we're going to be chasing the Falcons again, huh? Okay. Let's put them in as a yellow. Okay. I'll tell you, I like two and a half better than 15 or something. So (laughs) as you'll see in the future games. All right, let's talk this next game. This is the last game in the 1 o'clock set. It's, it's those Patriots hosting the Jets again. Patriots are open as a 7-point favorite at home, 43.5-point total. Now it's 7 in the contest. It's 7 painted everywhere, as they say. 42.5-point total. You know me. <laughs> I'm on the Jets again. No. <laughs> Coming off the bye. No, look, I don't think New England's – any great shakes. I don't think we should put it in the contest, but I think the Jets are gonna play better than seven. I you know, I don't it's a big number for the Pats to cover and they haven't covered one or won a game, let alone at home all season.
0: Yeah. This I I'm on the Patriots here. I just went back and looked at the week two week two box score and they just had Zach Wilson under pressure all game. Remember, this is one of the early starts where I think he threw three or four interceptions as well, and they just totally trounced the Jets, and I just can't get past that personally. I think, if I recall, actually I have it here, the number closed in New York, minus five and a half. And Mm. so now when you see the move back to uh, New England, you see a seven on the board, and that's really only one and a half points. And if you look at flipping home field advantage, I think it's a little short. I do. I was really hoping that we would see six and a half here, but mm-hmm. um, seven is probably about right. It's hard to justify going through the, that key number.
1: I gotta stay away. actually. I, I okay. can't do it. I can't back the Pats until they can show me to win a game there. I mean, they probably will win this game. I, I mean, it's sure. it's likely. And if you use my my hey, only eighteen percent of the games the like, people don't you know the favorites don't cover if they win, right? So yeah, maybe fighting my own metrics, but. I don't know, I can't do it right now.
0: The Patriots have definitely increased their scoring output though. I think a couple weeks ago we mentioned they were averaging like eighteen a game. Well they've put up twenty-five and twenty-nine in the last two outings. So moving the ball a little bit more. And uh I think one thing that I do like in this game is the Jets team total under. I think that you're okay. gonna see a pretty low scoring game. And I grabbed seventeen and a half, took the Jets under seventeen and a half.
1: That's a good number. That's a real good number. Okay. I like that. Let's go to the 4 o'clock window. You've got Detroit going to the Rams. This is the uh, Jared Goff revenge game. Yeah. The there's a 13.5 point, <laughs> and a half point the favorite in L.A., 49.5 point total. They're up to 15 in the contest and across the board with a 50-point total. Do you think there's any way that Detroit can – I mean, this is your local boys now – that Jared Goff's going to have the game of his life. You know, they said an interesting stat on the radio, which I didn't put together – Jared Goff has not won a single game without a McVay as his coach in his career.
0: Yeah. Wild, isn't it? (laughs) No, I don't think this is the game they put it together. (laughs) This is a Matthew Stafford double revenge game, too, going against his former team. But I think that 15 points is a little bit too much in this game. I could definitely see the Rams coasting, and we have seen a propensity for the Lions to get in the back door. so. I prefer to pass.
1: Yeah, let's pass. Let's just pass on this one. I'll tell you, I do like the, I do like the Detroit and their opponent against somebody on Thanksgiving. Okay. And, and the Bears. <laughs> A <little> prelude. <laughs> All right. So uh, next game, Philadelphia goes to Vegas. Vegas had the big win against Denver without, you know, Chucky as the coach. The Eagles have struggled. Uh, Vegas Open is a two and a half point favorite at home, forty eight and a half point total. Now it's a three point favorite at home, forty nine point total. Uh, I mean, he's pointing to the Raiders here, but I know you're gonna say the Eagles because this is just action and this contrarian thinking. <laughs> but, uh, make the case for the Eagles. So I know you're gonna make it. I, I can I already I don't we didn't even talk before, everybody That's but funny. We, we didn't talk about it, but I know this guy, so tell me about the Eagles.
0: Yeah, well I I love the Eagles in this game. It's definitely one of my top picks of the week. First sure. of all, the number is three. And mm-hmm. uh I, I was I'm I guess I didn't look this afternoon, but I, I have I believe that this is gonna be turning towards two and a half, although um, yeah, it looks like if you look at the VIG across the board you're seeing the Raiders at like plus one oh four at Pinnacle, mm-hmm. the sharpest shop in the world. So I think this is gonna get to two and a half, first of mm-hmm. all. Um mm-hmm. The the spot is tough for Las Vegas. coming We talked about last week the dead cat bounce after Gruden hits the high road. You saw the Raiders come out and get up for that game, and they played really well. And now we're going into week two, so they're going to be coming down off of that high, and I think that is a plus for the Eagles coming to this game. And I think that in the trenches, the Eagles defensive line is going to have a matchup edge against the Raiders, and Derek Carr has not been good under pressure this year. And, and really, that's, that's the angle that I, I'm looking at in terms of the matchups here. And on the flip side, I think that um, if the Eagles choose to actually run the ball this week, which they have not done, they'll be able to have success against that Raiders running defense as well.
1: Okay. Did you say dead cat bounce? Dead cat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Have you heard that term, the dead cat bounce? I
1: did not hear that. You did not bring it up last week, so (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. My bad. (laughs) Because dead cats bounce. They bounce really well, I mean, apparently. (laughs) Okay, well, you know, I'm not against you here. I think when I saw the the spread and I knew knew your take on the Eagles, I know their defensive line is pretty good. We'll see. I mean, Vegas has tended to get into these kind of shootout games at home. And that's okay. you know, when you've got Hurts who can run around and make plays. So the Eagles are going to win another game at some point. So this could be it. Um, You know, know, maybe a money line thing.
0: And uh, I forgot to mention the the Eagles fans are going to travel well. I think I saw in the media that Chicago had that stadium about half full. And I expect the Eagles will either match or surpass that
1: total. Yeah, all of, our, all of my coworkers in Philly, fly, eagles, fly, they'll be non nonstop, so. All right, well, let's go to the next one. We've got my Bears going to Tampa. This sounds like a great game. No, um, Tampa opened as a 10-point favorite at home, 49-point total, all the way to 12 and a half, 47-point total, which means the implied Bears total is super low, which is hurtful. Now, this is interesting. Last year, the Bears played them tough at home, especially uh, on, you know, prime time. But when, when they played Tampa, I don't know, two years ago on the road, they got trounced. So I don't know what to make of this game. Twelve and a half is just too big for me to, to lay. But I do think the Bucks are going to win this game pretty pretty handily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Bucs with this and number. I think- and I would lay it, too. I, I mean, we everyone knows in the NFL that no one can run against the Bucs. And yep. lately that has been the Bears game plan. They don't, they still don't trust Fields to drop back and pass it. And that's the only way that you're going to beat the Bucks. And I either think they're not going to try or they will try and, and Fields yeah. will have to prove it. So I'm betting against Fields' ability to prove it.
1: Okay. All right, let's put it as yellow. I mean, we got to make some of these picks. They're going to be some tough ones, but I'm, I don't disagree with you. I think that the matchup for what the Bears have to do is difficult. They've got to run the ball, and the pass rush will get the fields. So he hasn't been able to get the ball out that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they've only been successful when they can run the ball, like, down somebody's throat and keep him to, like, 100 yards passing. So in order for them to be competitive, he's going to have to go for 250 or more, and I don't really know if I could see that. So. Yeah, true. Uh, fields, here's one.
0: Fields, here's uh, one. fields' passing total just is something that will be super intriguing too. I'd be curious to see what that number comes out to be.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, here's one for for the survivors out there. Uh, Arizona is hosting Houston. Uh, Arizona Open as a fourteen and a half point favorite. Forty nine and a half point total. It's up to eighteen and a half action. Forty seven point total. Forty seven and a half point total. Tell me what that implied total is for Houston. Is that like twelve? <laughs>
0: yeah Um, 15 roughly 14 and a half
1: so i mean this is the clear survivor pick the other one i would have probably picked is um green bay but um it's just too many points right i'm not going to chase houston here on a dog situation but 18 and a half i mean they should win and they could win 20 points but that's a lot to lay in the contest
0: yeah, definitely. This would be only be a one-way look for me on the underdog here at that number, and I, you know, I th- you could maybe talk me into it. I know we have a lot of yellows on the spreadsheet here, but I heard a rumor that another rumor that Tyrod Taylor was trending mm-hmm. towards positive, day to day, according to David Coley, and uh, we, that's definitely something that we should monitor sure. leading up to Saturday morning. And on the other side, I just don't really see any incentive for Arizona to go out and run up the score in this game. They It's an AFC right. opponent. They got their big win last week, statement win against the Browns, and right. uh, I could see them just packing it up early in this one, and especially with Kyler Murray's banged up shoulder. And uh, the only thing that gives me pause is DeAndre Hopkins and his willingness to want to put up a big number against his former employer.
1: Sure, sure. Revenge game. Got to put that in there. Yeah, I mean, Murray obviously was a little banged up. He played great last week. You know, maybe they call quits early, but I mean, Mm -hmm. Arizona defense played really well against, you know, Mm -hmm. Cleveland last week. So maybe Ty can do it, like you said, but even with Tyrod, we'll see what happens.
0: I was disappointed in Houston's ability to score at all against Indianapolis last week at the Mm -hmm. over in that game, which came in nowhere because
1: Houston scored three. <laughs> I know, I know. We were thinking about that's another spot that, you know, that maybe Houston could come at least cover, but no way. So, well, good transition action. The Colts, right here we go on Sunday night football. Uh, the Colts are going to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco's coming off the bye. Five and a half point favorite opener for San Francisco at home. 44 and a half point total. It's down to four in the contest and kind of across the board, up to four and a half. So, 44 point total there. You know the Niners also have been putrid at home you know, under Shanahan. I actually like your Colts here, which is weird for me to say, even though off the bye teams are really good usually. The Colts are think are turning the season around. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you buy into that? I mean, I'm not saying Wentz is the answer per se, but I think that they're starting to play better football and they play poor opponents, but. They seem to be getting better on offense, and then defensively they're playing a little bit better. But how's that run defense against uh, you know, San Francisco?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, um, let me see here. Uh, I did see a little weather in the forecast. Um, coincidentally, Action and Melissa and her brother Mark will be in attendance on Sunday night in Santa oh, nice. Clara for the, uh, the big game. And uh, we are packing our raincoats because it's going to (laughs) rain on Sunday. And I think that's probably why you've seen a little bit of money hit the under in this total. I think it opened at 44.5 and and down even below 44 in some places. Mm. Um, Indy run defense coincidentally is number one, Wags, in rush DVOA.
1: Better than Uh huh? Hmm.
0: something to keep in mind i did see that jimmy g is practicing this week and by all accounts he's going to be out there leading the niners on offense on sunday night but mm-hmm. the colts injury report is something that i was going to look out for i did see that justin blackman has an achilles injury the okay. young safety so he's likely going to be out but i do expect they'll get back sandejo and rakia who actually played last week in mm-hmm. the secondary so defensively i think they're trending positive we They did play really well in the first half against the Ravens before they ran out of gas in the second half. They did. uh, I agree with you. I like the Colts in the spot. Certainly at four, it's a good number. I think it's probably going to be stuck there for most of the week, but we can see if there's any moves off the four.
1: Yeah, this is a game I like to tease, by the way. action. I would tease the Colts up to about 10. Uh, I know it's kind of a safety zone, but... A little total. I like that, that total total, and that's one of my teaser legs uh, this week for sure. So the other one we'll see. I mean, maybe Cincinnati or something like that. So.
0: The Niners have been supremely disappointing, too. I think they will be yeah. one once against the spread. Let me pull it up here. Yeah. 1-4 and four, ATS. And Colts on the other side have been puffed. Even though they don't have a great record, they're 4-2 and two against the number. hmm
1: You know, I'm sure. <laughs> do you think Frank Reich knows those
0: numbers? Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, i mean well, i know you've mentioned frank reich frank reich it, historically mm-hmm. his team has improved as the season has gone on and every single year he's been in indianapolis so i think that if there's any time to get on the colts bandwagon it's now
1: yeah let's do green let's do green for okay. this one feel better about this one i like it although it is a sunday night game we said we'd stay away from those but you know true always, always can break our rules <laughs> The last game is, uh, you know, this is a Ridgeway special, our buddy Ridgeway. So, New Orleans is going to Seattle. This is a rematch of what was it? What was the, you know, NFC championship? Well, Marshawn Lynch when he did his big run, his famous run, uh, he's shaking the the stands. But anyway, uh, New Orleans opens a three-point favorite on the road. Forty-three and a half point total. It's up to five in the contest. Four-two and a half point total. And New Orleans is also coming off a bye, right? Yes. I believe. Uh, so, man, it was, I didn't want to see this five. I wanted to see this four or less, <laughs> but um, I was on the Saints originally. I don't love the five but uh, for the contest, but in general, I like this, the Saints in this game. Geno Smith played pretty well in the second half, but New Orleans with extra time, I think it's going to be a rough road for Seattle in on this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that I would probably lean to the Saints here, too. But the number is not really ideal, especially going on the road. And um, I did see that um, Michael Thomas is going to be returning from injury shortly. So uh, it will be interesting to see how he works back into the team. I don't know what kind of rapport he's going to have with Jameis. That will be interesting to watch. But to be honest, I would probably just prefer to stay away from this game and see what happens. I did also see that Alex Collins picked up a little injury late in that Sunday night game, so I'm not sure what the Seahawks have going at running back.
1: Right, yeah, that's true. They've, who knows what they're going to put in there? It's been an interesting year for for Seattle. Hmm. So, I mean, Monday night they'll get a little jazzed up. The 13th, you know, whatever. The 12th, 12th man, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be a rough one. Well, let's review some of our picks. These are not <laughs> the ones at the bottom. Do not match up to what we're going to actually look at. So. Our, we like Cincinnati, plus six and a half. Uh, we're we're going to think about the Giants at home, plus three. We like the Pack, plus, or minus the eight. Uh, possibly the Falcons, minus two and a half. A couple other ones that we're kind of considering, Philadelphia on the road, plus three. Tampa at home, minus 12 and a half. And then ones we're more set on is this the Colts, plus four on the road. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it, man.
0: A good smattering of options that we can talk about on Saturday.
1: That's right. So when we look at this, uh, we went three and two of the contest. The top dog is at 24, 26 and four. That is tearing it up, action. the guy is dominating. Apparently, he also has a, another entry or two in the top five. So he's obviously figuring something out. I think he's a former poker player, but hopefully he'll come back to the pack. Um, the top 20, the top 50 position is 22 and eight. So we're about six and a half off of that, which is a lot. But, you know, we can turn it around. We're 15, 14, and one. About 20. 2100th place or 2139th to be exact so uh, let's see if we can turn around bouncing back three and two is good uh hopefully we'll get four and one or five and oh this week
0: yeah we, we'll get out with these weeks a couple weeks in a row and i think we'll be right back in the thick of things we just need a little run
1: yeah i mean there are three more weeks in this quarter so we can make some hay at least a little bit and get some momentum for the third quarter so all right i know it's a little brief this week i gotta gotta run thanks action for accommodating me and my uh new studio for one day and um you know this weekend we'll we'll have at a talk on saturday and, and and get our picks together so follow me at weggspool on instagram and on twitter and follow, follow us on sorry on twitter
0: and follow me on twitter at 31s roberts i, I think well, everybody good luck i think the listeners missed out on the ambulance run tonight so we can assure you <laughs> that we'll be back in the ridge studios next week
1: yeah, when you guys want to hear an ambulance every thirty minutes, you know, you know where to 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 listen to. So <laughs> Alright everybody, have a great weekend.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.